It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, and you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, where you can rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find us on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the new Odyssey app, on Stitcher, and, well, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I will say there have been some issues when it comes to Apple and Spotify recently, so if you're having issues downloading that, try all the other places I mentioned. But try Stitcher, try Odyssey. Um, surely you'll be able to find a podcast somewhere. But apparently that has not been that big of an issue, especially for all the folks here in our NFL channel on Locked On last, last week with the NFL draft going on. Got an email today that told me that with our Locked On NFL network that we have, that we had a 25% increase from last year's draft to this year's draft. With this show specifically, Locked On Panthers, me hosting, we have gone 173% up from last year. So from last draft to this year, 173% gain. So I don't know whether you guys were listening before, but you were listening now, and I really appreciate that. We also had our largest week ever here on the Locked On Panthers podcast last week, which is the second time I've definitely got an email about that, that we had our largest week since I've taken over the podcast. So seriously, I appreciate y'all listening. Um, Really surprised that you want to listen to me talk about the Panthers every day as much as you guys are, but I, I appreciate that. Again, we don't always agree on everything, and I get tweets plenty of times people don't don't agree with me. I get tweets from people who think I'm being over dramatic, and maybe I'm being a little over dramatic on things sometimes. But still, you guys apparently appreciate listening to me, so I appreciate you guys listening seriously. Because like, if you didn't listen, then I would just be some idiot talking into a microphone to basically nobody. So I really appreciate the support I've gotten throughout the month and a half so far that I've been hosting the Locked on Panthers podcast. We're heading even deeper into the offseason. And I'm telling you, just like with the momentum we have going on, with you guys listening, me hosting the show, and where the Panthers are going, with Scott Fitter as a general manager and Matt Rule's head coach and all the draft picks, and hopefully Sam Darnold can turn out to be something for the Carolina Panthers and David Tepper, who's going to put field turf on the field. Don't really love that, but I understand why he's doing it from a business perspective. Just everything that's going on with this organization – I think we have a really great chance for this to be a really good show, and I cannot wait for the 2021 season to be here, to finally get the training camp down in Spartanburg, then to kick off the season back at Bank of America Stadium. It's been far too long already as we sit here at the beginning of May. I'm just ready to have the Panthers playing real football games again. Draft's gone, but we still are going to break down a lot of stuff going on with the NFL draft. Also going to look at, you know, who might possibly be worried about their job. That's the thing with the NFL draft. Every year, 
they are bringing in guys, they being teams and organizations are bringing in guys every year who are there to take your job. So who now has to kind of look over their shoulder or not even look at their shoulder, look at the guy right there in front of them and have to go by them in order to have a job on this roster. There's a lot of interesting camp battles we can already look at here so far early in May as we are still months away from training camp down Spartanburg. Also, starting today and for the next two weeks, going to look at the overall roster depth chart, going by position by position, doing position breakdowns. Today, we're going to start with the quarterback, Sam Donald, of course, is the top of the depth chart. But there's also guys underneath them. Are there concerns in terms of backup and where the Carolina Panthers are going to go this year with Sam Darnold and the kind of confidence that they have in him. Do they have too much? Do they have too little? We'll talk about all those things with as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers today on the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by me, Julian Council, where, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. But let's start off with the state of the Carolina Panthers franchise. I cannot tell you the last time I felt this confident about the Carolina Panthers in kind of this stage of a rebuild. No, there's no Cam Newton this time. But even still, like back then when Ron Rivera was the head coach, I don't know if we had this kind of confidence after a draft like this that the Panthers were set up for success. If you look at them right now, and according to Panthers Twitter, they put this out there, the Panthers have the youngest roster in the NFL at an average age of 24.2. So average age of 24. The next youngest team is the New York Jets, who just drafted Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold's former team, and they had what by all accounts from a lot of people out there, was an excellent draft. But it's also the New York Jets who have a history of not doing very well in the draft. And the Carolina Panthers have a history of outside of the first round and the second round, they don't really do great. So to see Scott Fitterer take a different approach, albeit a little frustrating for me on Friday evening as I was sitting there desperately wanting a left tackle in Liam Eikenberg, who now folks think is probably with the Miami Dolphins might be a 10-year starter and could be really good. We'll never find, we'll never know at least what he would have been here in Carolina. We'll see what he does out in the rest of the league, but also who knows if where the Carolina Panthers really were targeting him at left tackle. They like Brady Christensen, who they were able to get in the third round, but it was a little frustrating to see him move back, but he had a plan to pick up more draft picks, to have 11 guys come in here, which you haven't had 11 draft picks since 1995. It's just so uncommon what we've seen from the Carolina Panthers recently to where you see them use free agency to plug holes with Sam Darnold with the trade with New York and you sign Hassan Reddick, you sign Dan Arnold, you bring in David Moore, you also go out there and get AJ Boye, you get uh, Denzel Perryman. They're filling holes via free agency with not a lot of money. And that's the thing about it. Like Scott Fitterer said before free agency that we are not going to be buyers. We don't have the kind of money to be the big time players in free agency, but they were still able to fill certain holes even if I wasn't in love with the first two signings of Cam Irving and Pellet F-Line, I'm still not in love with it, especially if that's going to be the starting left side of the offensive line. But still, they went out there, they wanted to get younger on the offensive line, and they addressed those needs in free agency, then set themselves up to last Thursday evening being in a position where they could go best player available, and that best player was J.C. Horn. And then later on in the draft, trading back, getting a Terrace Marshall who could plug in and potentially be the number three wide receiver. And then who knows what the future could be for him as number two, maybe next to DJ Moore, if Robbie Anderson doesn't stay here long, which more on that in just a moment. And then you look and see what they do later on the draft, taking some risk on a guy like Davion Nixon, a defensive tackle out of Iowa, who a lot of teams have third round grades on, but he fell back because of a quote unquote character issues. They take a chance on him, take a chance on Deontay Brown, who's the biggest, going to be the largest human in Charlotte when he steps foot here in the Carolinas. I just like the approach. 
I love what Scott Fitterer did. Of course, I'm still a little frustrated. Like, I really don't think they truly have an answer at left tackle. You could probably look at safety, too, and wonder, you know, what are they going to do past Justin Burris? I mean, if Justin Burris goes down or if Jeremy Chin goes down, do you really believe in a Sam Franklin? Do they have a long-term option next to Chin? Probably not. You could also look at linebacker and say maybe they should have added somebody. But still, you look at what they've done so far, and you look at where the organization is headed with the youth. The roster is deeper and more talented than it was a year ago. And I think if you had told me a year last year that they would go to the draft, get 11 picks, they'd be deeper and more talented, they'd be young, which is key in the NFL. We're going to have a lot of young talent that's going to gain experience, which you already saw last year. And some guys who probably shouldn't have played, they still got to gain experience to where they're going to their second years in the NFL, having played a ton of snaps. They might not be the starters, but they're willing to come in. And it's not like you're going to be deer in the headlights, having sat back behind some veterans. That's not the case here in Carolina. It's a young roster that's going to go out there and be hungry and go get it in 2021 in the direction with Scott Fitter as the general manager and Matt Rule as the head coach and them being aligned and genuinely looking like they enjoy working with other, each other and putting egos aside. Hopefully a young quarterback in Sam Darnold that can be redeemed here in Carolina. Young, talented, skilled players like Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. An offensive line that still needs some work, but there are some young players in there that might be able to be plug-and-play at some point in time. Even though Scott Fitter says he doesn't like to use the term plug-and-play, he wants to see what he has once they get here. Defensively, especially the young talent on defense, you have to like the direction the Carolina Panthers are going in. So I'm not going to say the Carolina Panthers franchise, they are absolutely in the position to where we come into 2022 next season, depending on how things go here, if they continue to have this progression as we've seen with getting a young, talented roster and then improving and developing these players and going out there being more competitive this year and actually winning those games that they lost so many of last year, we could be looking at 2022 as that point in time where the Panthers retake ownership of the NFC South. So the way I look at it right now, sitting in early May, I love where the Carolina Panthers organization is headed, and I have nothing negative to say about Scott Fitterer, Matt Rule, David Tepper, outside of the turf field, and where this team is headed right now in this offseason, headed to 2021. But first, let me tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as the teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 
only at BlueNile.com. So the Carolina Panthers have 11 new players coming in to the team starting well, in a couple weeks when they have mandatory minicamp. We're going to have rookie minicamp, then mandatory minicamp, then we'll have OTAs and all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to see these guys get here to Charlotte and to see what they can do, especially once we get down to Spartanburg and then early in the season. Because there are some guys, and I brought this up on Monday's show when reacting to the draft picks and kind of seeing how some of these guys, at least my initial reaction to where they might fit on this roster. There are some people who legitimately should be concerned about their job. And the number one guy I look at, especially on the offensive side of the football, because actually I think there's one that's probably more obvious, but I don't think it's one that you would be all that. I mean, okay, fine. Let me just start there. The one that's the most obvious is J.J. Jansen. Let's just be clear with that. J.J. Jansen, and I get it, it's crazy. We're talking about long snapper battles, but that's how interesting this team is. Like, seriously, I said it when they traded for Sam Darnold. As much as I wasn't really a huge fan of that and really still am not, and I did see Sam out there working with D.J. Moore and a couple of those wide receivers, which is something that he obviously should be doing. And it's and Christian McCaffrey's out there, too. It's something that literally everyone in the NFL is doing right now. They're working with their guys. Every quarterback, maybe not Aaron Rodgers, since he's pretty upset and doesn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. But most starting quarterbacks out there, or presumed starting quarterbacks, even backups, because Will Greer's been out there too, they are working with their skilled players this offseason. And that's what they do all the time in the offseason. So it is good to see he's getting that connection. So outside of that, but they are interesting. And they're so interesting that J.J. Jansen versus Thomas Fletcher the long snapper out of Alabama, the long snapper of the year in college football. That will actually be a camp battle, but I really don't think it's going to be a camp battle at all. J.J. Jansen at 35, the longest-tenured Panther. God bless him. He's probably not going to be on the roster. The Panthers can save just short of a million dollars against the salary cap and have zero dead cap money by cutting Jansen and taking Fletcher, who they draft in the sixth round. And let's be honest, the Panthers would not have drafted a long snapper if they did not intend for him to be the starter and basically their long snapper for the next decade. As you see, Jansen at 35, Fletcher's got to be what, 21, 22 years old. This guy could be the next long snapper for the next 12 plus years here in Carolina. I think that's the objective here, at least for Matt Rule and Scott Fitter. Whether they last that long or not, Thomas Fletcher should be on his roster for a long damn time as long as he continues to be as good as he was back in college. So, that's one of the obvious ones when I saw that, okay, J.J. Jansen, it's been real, but you're probably out of here. Another person I thought about that with, and I think it's probably more interesting, is Ian Thomas versus Tommy Trimble. You look at the tight end depth chart, which we're going to get into later on this week when we start looking at some of the positional breakdowns, quarterbacks coming up here in just a few minutes. You have the depth chart of Dan Arnold who comes off of a career year in Arizona. He's primarily a pass-catching receiver. You have Colin Thompson, who played at Temple with Matt Rule. You have Stephen Sullivan, a former Seahawk, who was signed over here by Scott Fitterer. You have those guys in-house. And you also have Ian Thomas, who was drafted by the old regime, who has had opportunities when Greg Olson had the multiple foot injuries in the last season to be that guy who take the reins, and he's yet to do that. Now you insert Tommy Trimble, who is a fierce downhill run blocker, who can also, when asked to, catch the football. Now he's more of a blocking tight end than a receiving tight end, but he does have the athleticism 
as we've seen on tape when, with him at Notre Dame, to where you could actually project him to be a solid receiving option at tight end. Like, if he's if there's going to be Dan Arnold as the number one tight end receiving option, you would say Tommy Trimble's a pretty solid number two, especially for a guy who can also be critical in the run-blocking game for the Carolina Panthers. That is something that has hindered Ian Thomas throughout his tenure here in Carolina. And heading into year four, where it's put up or shut up for basically for Ian Thomas, not basically, it legitimately is, he has to show you something. And when I saw that they drafted Tommy Trimble, I was just, I immediately thought, well, Ian Thomas is probably out of here. Seriously. there's I cannot see a scenario right now as we sit here early May, and I might be jumping a gun here, but they did not draft Ian Thomas. They have put capital in Trimble. I think Dan Arnold will be on this roster. And one of Colin Thompson or Stephen Sullivan, who have experience with Rule and or Fitterer, I see those guys making the roster, depending on how many tight ends I want to carry. I do not see Ian Thomas as a tight end here in Carolina in 2021. I think the end of the road is here unless he just absolutely shows out and it just clicks for him finally down in Spartanburg or over in Cedar Street. I just, I have a hard time seeing him being on the roster. I think he has, he should be concerned. Another guy that should be concerned is Greg Little. And I was saying this before the draft. If they drafted a left tackle, which they're hoping that they did with Brady Christensen, then he should look out to where it's the same point added that he was not a part of this roster. He was not brought in by fitter or rule. He has struggled with injuries. When last year, when he had the opportunity to step in place of Russell Kuhn, he got the first crack at it, and he did not play well at all. And Trent Scott outplayed him, who then got re-signed this offseason. Then they add Cam Irving. Now they bring in another tackle. And, okay, Scott Fitter said, we're not going to say whether he's going to be a tackle or a guard. But let's be honest. You didn't draft Brady Christensen to be a guard. Yes, you want him to start on this offense line. If he's got to start out there and move out to left tackle later on, so be it. But he's 24 years old. You need to know whether you can play left tackle or not, especially since you passed on one in the first round and you traded back in the second round and missed out on six offensive tackles at that point in time in the draft. So Greg Little, I have a hard time seeing him on the roster. He should absolutely be concerned about his job. And honestly, if he loses it, it's on him. He has not performed. The concussions year one, that sucked. Last year, he just had the opportunity, and he did not show up to play. Another player you could honestly look at, too, who could be concerned about their job long-term, Dennis Daly. Same same class. Drafted later on in that draft with Greg Little. He's had his moments when he's been called upon to start. You think back to the Tampa game in London when he played left tackle, and Pro Football Focus had him as the highest-rated left tackle that week, even though he received a ton of help. But still, he's had his moments in the league. But he's also, with the ankle last year, the injury really hurt him in year one of Matt Rule, and he, there wasn't much of a place for him behind Michael Schofield and Chris Reed and John Miller. Now he's probably still behind Elfline, who they just brought in and gave guaranteed money to. He's probably behind John Miller, who started on the right side. And now you bring in Deontay Brown, this mammoth of a human being, and you have to think Dennis Daly. Is he on the roster? Like, that's going to be another one of those position battles, man. And even Deontay Brown battling with Pat Elfline. Has Elfline proven that he should be starting? They've given the money what makes you think he'd be a starter. John Miller, is he guaranteed to be a starter? There's actually some competition there on the offensive line. I don't know how good this offensive line is. I'd still probably lean on them being, like, one of the worst in the league. But we there's at least competition, which is better than there being no competition. You're basically just sliding guys in there. And those guys aren't getting any better. 
throughout the offseason and week to week because it's just, well, you know, who else is going to play? That's not the case here in Carolina. There's some guys who should really be concerned about their jobs. And even down the road, Dante Jackson, this is a chance for him to put up or shut up. Is he going to get an extension here? And it makes me feel like they want to get an extension because they did mention, Matt Rule did, in the press conference on Thursday evening after drafting J.C. Horn with the eighth overall pick and saying that they wanted J.C. to be a day one starter. He at least had that potential that they see him starting opposite of Dante Jackson. Okay, well, are we sure Dante's 100% going to start? A.J. Boye, who's aging player, had a rough year in Denver with the injury, then the concussion, and then the PED suspension. What's going to have him out for the first two games of the season? Are we sure that A.J. Boye is not a better option than Dante Jackson? Especially if Dante those first two weeks doesn't grab the reins of it, because he's going to have the starting job probably for the first two, three, four weeks guaranteed. Especially, I mean, until Boye comes back and he's, I mean, at least Boye is able to be around the team the entirety of the offseason. But Dante Jackson has a chance early on in that season with Boye out to be able to take the reins. If he doesn't, then he should be concerned. Because it feels like Carolina didn't bring in J.C. Horn not to start day one. Like, I think he's going to start day one. And it's going to be up to Dante Jackson or A.J. Boye to be able to find out who's going to be starting opposite of him if we're really thinking about it, considering that's their investment when they don't have anything invested in Dante Jackson past the season and they barely have anything invested in A.J. Boye. Terrace Marshall versus D- David Moore, who the Panthers didn't sign to a large deal from Seattle. Moore has some speed, but he doesn't have the size of Terrace Marshall. He doesn't live in the end zone like Terrace Marshall did the last two years at LSU, having 23 touchdowns, which is absurd. And he also doesn't have the experience in Joe Brady's offense. And just even further down the road, and I'll get into this later on when we talk about wide receivers, Robbie Anderson. What's his future now that Terrace Marshall's here in Carolina with that size, that speed? Could Robbie Anderson not be a priority going to free agency next year, even if he has another 1,000-yard receiving season because Terrace Marshall's on this roster? There's a lot to look at here about camp battles we're going to have eventually and guys who really should be concerned about whether they're going to be Carolina Panthers. Joey Sly wasn't good last year. The Panthers made a mistake getting rid of Graham Gano. Let's just be honest about that. Matt Amendola didn't have great numbers at Oklahoma State. But hey, he comes in. He's ripped. He might be a little bit a little thinner than Joey Sly, but he he's got he's got this, he's a specimen just like Sly. So who's gonna be the better kicker? Punters. Joe Charlton. He was okay. He, he was a lot better than he looked like he was gonna be at the beginning of the season when he's shanking punts off in the street or Cedar Street, hitting runners and bikers and people on scooters. He's got to go up against this Washington State punter, whose name I'm not even gonna try to pronounce who was third in the NCAA last year with 46.7 uh, yards per punt or whatever, net punt average, whatever the hell the stat is. There's a lot of interesting battles that are going to come. And that's the best thing about what Scott Fitterer did this past week is that he added a ton of young players who are going to be looking for their opportunity in this league. And that's going to force a lot of guys who might have been comfortable under past regimes with Marty Herney as the GM and Matt Rule, sorry, and uh, Ron Rivera as the head coach to now, you better be ready. Because there's guys who are gunning for your job, who are ready to bring this team to the top of the NFC South and not back here mired in mediocrity where this organization has been for basically 26 seasons apart from a few runs to the Super Bowl and a few playoff wins here and there. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that. We're still a ways away from that, but that's just something I was just thinking about after seeing the draft happen this past weekend. And after seeing the draft happen this past week, the Carolina Panthers did not add a quarterback. But we'll have our first positional breakdown of this week and of the next two weeks, starting off with the quarterbacks. 
depth chart here in Carolina. Talk about that here in just a few moments. But first, let me tell you about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, as I told you, we're going to do some position breakdowns throughout the next two weeks, just looking at the totality of this Panthers roster post-2021 NFL draft. And let's go ahead and start off with a position that all y'all want to talk about all offseason, the quarterback. And right now, as we look at it, Sam Darnold is top of that quarterback depth chart. And I wonder if the Panthers are putting just a little bit too much confidence in Sam Darnold. And now, maybe they're not. Because I did see this quote, which really stood out to me when Matt Rule was talking about Sam Darnold when he decided to not take Justin Fields there at 8 and to later on that Friday morning to take on and exercise his fifth-year option. Matt Rule had this to say about Sam Darnold. Everything for Darnold doesn't have to be a referendum on whether he's a great quarterback or not. He just needs to come into the building and work every day. I believe the quarterback position is really, really important, but I also believe great teams win. I think Sam is going to be as good as the guys around him, and we try to put a lot of really good players around him, which 100%, they have done that. We've been over it. McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, David Moore, Dan Arnold. You add Tommy Trimble. You also add in Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith. They've put a lot of weapons around him. Offensive line, still kind of a question mark, but you did add Deontay Brown, who, if he can control his weight, could be, God, he could be a rock solid there in his middle. You also have Brady Christensen, who hopefully can move into the NFL and have the same success he had this past season at BYU against lesser competition, but still, good athlete, great footwork. Is he going to be good enough? We'll find out. So that is a good point, that he's going to be as good as the people around him. That, though, makes me wonder... You look at quarterbacks around the NFL. Think about Tom Brady. and Sam Darnold's never going to be Tom Brady. Let's just be honest. Tom Brady elevates the guys around him. In New England, his final year there, trash receiving core. Still went to the playoffs. They lost in the first round, wild guard weekend to Tennessee. But they still had a playoff team that, that year, and they won, what, 12, 12 games with 12 and 4? You look at Aaron Rodgers, who is mad as hell in Green Bay and wants out because they don't ever put anything around him offensively. Look at the guys he has dragged to the NFC Championship the last two seasons on offense in terms of his weapons outside of Devontae Adams. 
Like, seriously. And I would throw in Aaron Jones well. Robert Tanyan had a hell of a year this year. Who the hell is Robert Tanyan? Just look at some of the quarterbacks around the NFL. And I brought up two Hall of Famers there, basically. Yeah, and basically, they are Hall of Fame. First ballot guys. But you look around the, the league and you look at quarterbacks. Who are the guys that can elevate the talent around you? I think back to Cam Newton's MVP season here in Carolina. He was throwing new ball to Ted Ginn Jr., to Philly Brown, to Devin Funches, washed up Jericho Cotri. Greg Olson was his best receiver. He was a tight end. Cam elevated those guys around him. He went into the Superdome on Wild Card Weekend in 2017 with Britton Burson and Kalen Clay in Funches. And he played the game, one of the best games he's ever played, and had the Panthers an opportunity to go down there and win the game late in the fourth quarter. Can Sam Darnold do that? Which is good. You put people around him, unlike the Jets did in his three years there. But that quote is a little damning to the point where Darnold has to have great guys around him, or he's not going to be very good, as we saw in New York. Now, if you give an offensive line, he doesn't have great guys around him. I'm curious where he's at. If you give him great guys with no offensive line, I'm curious where he's going to be at. I just wonder when you hear that quote, how much belief they truly have in Sam Darnold, where they feel like we have to literally give him everything just to win games. Because again, as I said, my focus was always on the building the overall roster to where you could put a quarterback in there and you could still be a playoff team. You might not be a Super Bowl winning team, but you can get to the playoffs. And I said with Teddy Bridgewater, as you saw in New Orleans with that great roster, as you saw early in his career in Minnesota with that great roster, you can go to the playoffs with this guy if you have a roster. Now, he wasn't good last year, and he's gone now, so it doesn't even matter. But that's the thing. If you have a good roster, your quarterback doesn't have to do everything. But at some point in time, ask San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, who just drafted Trey Lance. If your quarterback can't get it done at the biggest stage, like the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, then you got to find a replacement. you got to find an upgrade at some point in time. If Darnold can come in and be a Garoppolo type, that is probably the best-case scenario for the Carolina Panthers. Might not yield the results that you want, but it's better than what you had. It's better than what we've dealt with the last couple of years once Cam Newton's body just fell apart. So I look at that, and I'm just very interested by that quote. Uh, the backup quarterback situation is something that has not been addressed. It seems like Will Greer, who's been working out a lot with DJ Moore and all these wide receivers and has been hanging out there also with Sam Darnold and Christian McCaffrey, that he will be competing again with P.J. Walker, who I don't think I saw P.J. in a video. I'm not quite sure. I don't know what P.J. Walker's been doing, but he, of course, is a rule guy, and he got the start and was the main backup last year when um, called upon. So we'll see what happens with that. You also still have Tommy Stevens on this roster who could potentially become a Taysom Hill type, and I'm really not interested in seeing that. When you have the kind of skill position that you have on this roster, I don't need to see the gimmicks of Tommy Stevens out there on the field taking up snaps when you should be handing the ball to Chris McCaffrey or to Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore or Terrace Marshall. Like, no, thank you. I don't need that at all. So I don't really know what his position on the roster is. Peyton Ramsey, the news came out. He's a Northwestern quarterback, formerly from Indiana University. He's going to get a mini camp tryout. Okay, whatever. I don't think he's even going to make it. It's not going to matter. Like, he's not going to be, he's not, in college, he was not better than Will Greer or PJ Walker. So what's the point? So I, I good for him. He's got an opportunity. Maybe another team will, I don't know, get get a look at him. So I don't know how they would, but cool. That's just the way I look at it. The Panthers at some point in time, though, I still think that they need to find a backup quarterback. I think it's fine to have a young guy that you want to develop, but at this point in time, you need to choose. Do you want to develop um, P.J. Walker or you want to develop Will Greer? 
You can keep Tommy Stevens if he wants to play special teams. If he's going to contribute to the team in some way, you can keep him on the roster. He definitely doesn't need to be part of the offensive game plan, though. I don't need to see any of his taste in hell crap. But you need to find one young guy to develop as your backup if you want to do that. I'm completely fine with that, especially if things go awry and you end up in a situation where, well, you need to start this guy for a season, which is would be worst-case scenario, but at least he's been in the offense. Well, they do need to find a veteran backup at some point in time, whether it's going to be camp cutdowns, in the rest of this offseason, I don't know when it's going to happen. Because going back to Sam Darnold's injury history, and the fact he's never played 16-game season, and the Panthers want to be in position to be in the playoffs, do you feel comfortable for three weeks with P.J. Walker or with Will Greer or, God, Tommy Stevens, if we come to that point? Do you feel comfortable? Because I certainly do not, and I can't imagine the Carolina Panthers coaching staff feels comfortable about them right now. So that's the first position breakdown I have. Going to have more coming up this week. Tomorrow, going to go with wide receivers and tight ends, as that's a very interesting depth chart, especially once you add Terrace Marshall from LSU in the second round this past weekend. That wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, hosted by me, Julian Council. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher on odyssey and well you know pretty much wherever you get your podcast from also follow me on twitter at julian council where again starting this friday we're gonna be back to our weekly friday mailbag so you can either tweet at me or you can dm me but don't get crazy with any questions you have on the carolina panthers as we continue to react to the rest of the draft throughout the rest of this week and probably for the weeks coming because we spent what three months on the draft might as well spend not three months talking about the guys who we drafted but spending some considerable amount of time looking back at the decisions the Carolina Panthers made and how those decisions will impact the organization heading into the 2021 season. So thanks again, guys, for listening. Appreciate the support. I love y'all. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.